traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, happy uh, Black Friday. Black Friday. Black Friday is actually a good thing. Black. Uh, black sounds so dark and so, wow, Black Black Monday, the stock market. Black Friday is where they make all their money, right? That puts them in the black. And being in the black when it comes to your ledger books is supposed to be is a good thing. Uh, anyway, hi. Uh, whew, how do you feel? I must say I feel light. I feel like uh, I don't have to spend uh, the next two days on my stomach like I usually do around Thanksgiving. Uh, here's the key. Here's the key to kind of being able to walk away from the table and not feeling like you're going to collapse, which is normally how I am around unlimited food. Well, I went to an environment where there was not unlimited food. Uh, well, I, I, we had Thanksgiving at a restaurant. At a restaurant. I know for a long time that sounded so... I don't know, uh, a little bit sad. I mean, you know, gosh, who's going out to a recantia, the family or whatever? But we had a nice family gathering at a restaurant, and uh, it, 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 it works. It works. I did not overdo it. I did not. You can only eat so much. I mean, they only put so much on the plate. I guess you could order and order and order. Now, I will say I went there believing under the false belief that it was going to be a buffet, and that would have been, you know, serious, serious, serious damage uh, to me and my loved ones. But uh, since it was, you know, very dainty, very one plate at a time, and uh, you can't really order seconds at a restaurant, can you? I mean, you can order two entrees, but nobody really does that. So anyway, it was very nice. And uh, we brought the kids and uh, my parents, my wife, of course, and it was a very beautiful thing. And we thought a little bit about gratitude, and then we talked a lot about politics and uh and then the children started running around the restaurant. Uh, just anyway, next time around, if you overdid it this time, it's not that bad. And actually, this is the second year in a row we've gone to a restaurant. Never in my life until uh, last year and now this year going to a restaurant on a major, major holiday. And interestingly, the staff, they all seem like kind of tickled to be there. I mean, I remember I was in the Marine Corps once and I was going through the, the checkpoint to get on base and the... A young man who was in the Navy, the Navy Guard, was so incensed to be there, he um, just stood in the little booth with his back to all the traffic, had his head down. He just waved people in. He was so angry. I was going in for duty on Christmas Day. Yeah, it was Christmas Day, 1992. Um He just waved me in without even looking, and he did it with it in an angry way, in an angry way. I got out of the car and we had a conversation, and he was, uh, he he actually did get off of duty early that day. I'll I'll give him that. And he, everybody's got a job to do. I hope you're off today. It is kind of that weird, breezy. What day is it? Kind of day. It doesn't feel like Friday. It doesn't feel like a weekday. I kind of wish every day felt like this. And uh, nothing. Things are kind of quiet. People are not producing the content that they normally do. 
people aren't saying as much, you know, the usual suspects. Although Joe Biden, I understand, called into a parade. Uh, did you hear about this? He called into a parade where the parade called him, and I guess he had a little bit of trouble working the phone. Uh, let's see what happened here. Cut 6A, please. Biden calls TV reporter during parade. Cut 6A. Wait, guys, I think I'm I think I'm getting a phone call. You know, I, I'm not one to take a phone call during TV. Oh, but I think I think I should answer this one. Hello, Mr. President. I don't think I can hear you. Can you hear me, Mr. President? Yeah. Hello? Happy Thanksgiving, Mr. President. Are you there? Well, we're Hi. here. Oh! <laughs> I was so worried this call wasn't going to go through. How are you? We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> you're watching your parade. You're doing I'm... a good job. Oh, thank you. I love that you're watching you're like the... the good weather the parade, too. <laughs> That's the best part. I will take credit for that. Yes, thank you very much. Who cares? That was fine. There's a parade in the background. Uh, I was told that there was a bit more confusion than that. Was that the, did anybody watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade? Uh, they're all, you've seen one parade, you've seen them all. I have no interest whatsoever in the cold and all that stuff. And they put out a warning that something bad might happen. Although we got to stick it to the would-be terrorists, right? We can't let them uh, tell us how to live our lives. The thing that really is fascinating me right now, though, is the uh, the Colorado shooting at that gay bar, the Q bar, I guess it's called, in uh, Colorado Springs, horrible, horrible event. Uh, five people killed. The suspected shooter is 22 years old. He's in custody, and there is a great deal of attention being focused on the father. Now, there. Why am I fascinated by this? I think this one particular shooting kind of encapsulates all that's wrong with America. Everything from drugs to hate to pornography to so the and. and by the way, parents who get, don't give a damn, uh, her horrific parenting, and that happens big time, and it's a case of it right here. Uh, the father has been, they tracked down the father. Aaron Brink, I think his real name is, but in the adult entertainment world, his name is Dick Delaware. And by the way, I'm not going to, you know, I, it's not something you want for anybody you know to be involved in the pornography industry. It's uh, it's very harmful. We all know that. They all seem to get hooked on drugs, um, at the same time, you know, I'm not pointing my finger in judgment, and I don't think many people should in America. I, I, I think pornography is a scourge. It's very, very, can do a lot of damage to a lot of people. The people who produce it, who make it, uh, they've been, I think they're victimized themselves in many ways, victimized themselves. But I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not pointing my finger, how dare they, I mean, you know who the biggest purveyor of uh, pornography was up until 2007? Marriott Hotel, all right, pay-per-view before the Internet took off, okay? So it used to be you had to go, if you wanted to find this stuff, you had to go to the you know sketchy part of the town or, or that kind of thing, or you, you, you bought it at the stationery store, but you were real discreet about it. Now it's everywhere. Anyway, this is what it looks like in a way. This is what our society looks like, part of it. This is what addiction to methamphetamine looks like. This is what self-indulgent looks like. It looks like Dick Delaware, the father of uh, the shooter here, Aldrich, Aldrich, Anderson Aldrich, 
What a name. Well, he changed his name because he was embarrassed by his dad being in the porn business and his dad in general. And his dad in general is, uh, oh, boy, what a piece of work. Cut 21, please. Cut 21. This is a longish interview with a CBS reporter who just tracked down the father of the alleged shooter. You tell me, did this shooter have a fair shot in life? You know, I mean, I feel for the victims, too. As I said the other day, I also feel for for this kid whose life will never be never was what it could have been. Cut 21. Was there any uh, history of mental illness with him or when's the last time you saw him? Uh, you know, the, the, my son, uh, I, I hadn't seen him for years. I thought he, I thought he committed suicide. His, his mother told me that he, um, I'll give you a history. I was a, um, a, a, a porn star. Okay. I became a porno star in 2002 and I, I, I combined that with a mixed martial arts career and my, my ex was finished. She, she took off with my son. I hadn't seen him for years. Um, little did I did see my son, you know, I tried to give him, you know, a father figure, whatever. I didn't know where his little whereabouts were. Um. I found out recently that he did not kill himself in 2016. That he, um, that he's, um, you know, alive and well. You know, and, um, he lives in All right, stop for a second. I mean, think about that, right? Did you hear? He thought he killed himself six years ago, but he was still alive. He's been absolutely not present in the kid's life at all. There were a couple of phone calls, and every time they were on the phone, it sounds like they argued. They argued with each other. Keep going. Yeah. Why did you think he had killed himself? Well, his mother told me this. She I said that he killed himself because of uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an embarrassment to him. Um, my son is um. I loved him so much. You know, I didn't want to lose. Uh, you know, be around. I wanted, I wanted to be around my son and be there for him. You know, I have a daughter the same way I had my son. I, I, never, I never see my kids. I never, you know. But um, I want to be in his life. You know. Um, uh, he's been accused of doing some crazy thing. I don't know what he's been accused of. Yeah. I can't get answers from the attorneys, really, but they're saying that somebody's you know, involved in a gay bar or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the heck he did in a gay bar. Um, I don't know what's going on. Well, he's accused of going on a mass shooting at a gay bar and killing five people. In Colorado. Okay, well, well that's how if he's accused of doing that. I, I, I'm glad he's not gay. I don't know, I say that, but he's not gay. When was the last time you saw him? All right, stop for a second. So that's what everyone's going crazy over. The whole thing is pathetic, let's face it, right? You watch him. He's totally strung out. He seems to be on drugs right now. Later in the interview, he says, well, I I suffered permanent nerve damage from methamphetamine, uh, smoking meth, injecting meth, all that stuff. And and maybe this is permanent damage, which you're looking at. He's very jittery. He's looking at the camera in the weirdest way. Uh, He's got he's got issues. And this whole thing is totally pathetic, and they're totally outlining, like, you know, every every bad break in life uh, this kid could have gotten. He got, in large part, thanks to the father, who is to, somewhat remorseful, which is a good, which is good. Um, but, you know, you heard that part about, oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm just thankful he's not gay. This guy has never been in, obviously, who has been in a situation like this? And everyone is now bullying the guy because of that one comment. Now, the weird thing is in the poor in the in the adult pornography industry and I watched a I'm not kidding, I watched a documentary about uh the making and assembling of pornography done by Rashida Jones. You know who Rashida Jones is? She's the he's she's the daughter of Quincy Jones and she's a very good actress. She was on the uh, the office. Anyway, 
the whole th- is, is, is do we do we do we really care? I don't know. But the whole thing about straight porno actors and gay porno actors and there's a whole kind of you know if, if you uh, apparently in that industry it's well you can figure it out in terms of uh, you know sexually transmitted diseases and AIDS. Here's where he gets really heated. Uh, cut twenty four. Well, he, he's accused of walking in with Two. an assault rifle, and, uh, I think he's and not then he was tapped by yeah. another patron who was a veteran and pinned him down. God, what a dude! And then Why they arrested him. Do this? Him. Why would he do it? He didn't shoot anybody. Then he didn't actually shoot anybody. Well, they are accused of killing five people. So they say he killed somebody. Five, five people, people and eighteen others were injured in that. Same so day. the guy that grabbed him is a hero, basically. You know, I say, like, I just say to my son, I'm ashamed that you did that. So you shouldn't be going killing people like this. It's just in that cold blood. If he goes and kills people with cold, with cold blood, um, I don't know if he tries to do this or not. I don't, I don't, I could never do it myself. I don't, I wouldn't stick my son to do this. Do you um, feel like you knew him well enough no. to indicate Last why time. he would have done something like this? There's no, except there's no excuse for going and killing people. If you're killing people, there's something wrong. It's just, it's, it's just not the answer. You're already, you're already gone if you're killing somebody. It's, just, it's not socially acceptable. It's not socially somebody. acceptable. All right. They probably should have just terminated this interview. It goes on like this for 40 minutes listening to this guy. But here's one of my takeaways. Apart from all the obvious, I don't want this completely horrific, dysfunctional, you can't call it a family, these dysfunctional human beings, as bad as what happened. They don't get to determine this. This episode does not get to determine your constitutional rights or my constitutional rights. There are about 50,000 issues that these folks have access to legal guns, uh, mental health. That's an issue. Obviously, there are enough laws on the books. I am hearing politicians are getting even more and more aggressive about taking our guns away or their guns. They, they, They talk about us like we are their subjects. They work for us in a, a, a horrible moment like this. I used to think I, it was inevitable that there would be a gun control uh, discussion. I now will not take part of it because I know I know they are trying to exploit it. They are trying to, quite frankly, on this, I'm joining the NRA. Bottom line, I'm joining the NRA. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, 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 hey. I'm not. I'm writing up a very beautiful tweet. It's a very beautiful tweet. I'm looking at the fake news, New York Times, and uh, they've got this guy from Euro. Euro. What do they call him? Euro trash. I don't know. That's maybe that's a little bit mean, but he's like a. You know, he's one of these Euro guys, and that's what the United Nations is dominated by, all these skinny guys in their suits. And he's the head of uh, human rights, human rights enforcement. And he just got the job. And I am, (laughs) you know, he sounds like the Mayor de Blasio. What Mayor de Blasio uh, was to cops, this guy is to... uh, this guy is the human rights. I, I just he's talking about this. So there's this like weird terror faction in Ethiopia and they just bombed uh, civilian targets, including women and children. You know what he said that? You know what he said about that? It's totally unacceptable. That's unacceptable. Remember when de, de Blasio would run around saying it's, it's unacceptable, unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Are you crazy? How light is this? And so here's something else is a big is big office where is his office it's not over at the united nations uh, in new york it's in switzerland and he's got a big office there and pff, 
flags, and it looks like he's the emperor of uh, the universe, this huge office. But I noticed something. There's a bunch of knickknacks on his desk. And you know how some people have, like, a their name or whatever is right there on the desk? He doesn't have that. And you know what he has? The future is non-binary. <laughs> the future is non-binary. It's not men, not women, just non-binary, not... That's what non-binary is, right? I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of both. It depends on my mood. You know, gender fluid, non-binary. I mean, we're the only people, I think, in the world who are paying this, uh, this nonsense any kind of uh, respect. It is ludicrous. And to be going out of our way with the gender-neutral uh, bathrooms and all that stuff to accommodate six people in America um very there's something up and then but now the globalists the globalists are getting involved the future is non-binary this is what this guy should be focused on how do you stop the slaughter of women in iran okay the mr future is non-binary all right why don't you get them to start stop slaughtering the women and then you can go to uh, south sudan and uh, make sure that they are not uh, mutilating women that's a big thing over there uh, you really think the tribal leaders are going to buy this? Uh, the future is non-binary stuff. I would, I would lay, uh, I would lay off that. Uh, that's 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 just me. Um, should I get a job in uh, at the United Nations? I don't think I want that. I don't think I want. All they do is talk. All they do is talk. No action. No results. They don't need anything other than uh, their silly, silly rooms and their flags. One of the reasons why Donald Trump doesn't get along with any of these people, by the way. He is a man of action. He's a man of accomplishment and uh, getting things done. You can't just talk a building into existence, right? And people say all the time, uh, people, traditional rhino Republicans or leftists, that Donald Trump did not have the experience to be president. Are you kidding me? He could get something done. You show me a congressman or a senator who just says what people want to hear. They have nothing they can show you. It's one of the reasons why Ted Cruz is in trouble. He's not going to be president in anytime soon. I, someday, maybe. He's got one hell of an intellect. But he's got to go around telling everybody, reminding everybody how smart he is. And people don't necessarily want to hear that. Um, and they also want to see, hey, what have you done? What have you done? Show us something. The campaign against President Trump continues, and he put out some... It's a real great and solid defense on this truth social. But he will be back, I am confident, on Twitter in just a little bit. Hey, give me a call. Oh, and if you want, my book is available wherever books are sold. You can also go, uh, you get them online and your independent bookstore, which is really important when it comes to making those bestseller lists. Uh, there's a reason why I actually want to be on the bestseller list and even the New York Times bestseller list. I could care what the fake news says normally. But this is different for some specific reasons. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I really don't care about soccer, but uh, the World Cup is over there in Qatar. You know, Qatar, we've got to be careful. Qatar is a friend of ours. We really need Qatar. Q-A-T-A-R. It's a little peninsula country there in the Persian Gulf. Uh, if we didn't have Qatar, uh, we, we, we'd be in trouble. I mean, we... Well, then again, we shouldn't have been in Iraq in the first place. It's a major base from which we project power. All right. The United States military, uh, we need Qatar. We need a decent relationship with Qatar. And I guess the way the world works, you got to uh, look the other way on a lot of issues. Uh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I mean, there's a really repressive regime over there, it seems like. 
um, and I see all these companies. Look, it's anti-gay. It's totally anti-gay over there. It's a crime to be gay in Qatar. And funny how we've got all these sponsors and barely a word about it. United States uh, soccer team is uh, over there. How do they? How do they protest this? How are they going to protest it? Are they going to take a knee? No, they're just going to uh, decorate their their emblem with the rainbow colors, which I think they do here. That's not much of a protest. It's kind of fascinating, you know. Um, the Georgia voting law, which is a fantastic law, which has now brought on record participation in Georgia elections. Um, they said that thing. Remember, was Jim Crow was racist, and corporate America they they actually like tried to cancel Georgia for this beautiful law that made sense that was just was out to protect fair and free voting and voter ID people don't have a problem with that it's just Jimmy Carter didn't have a problem with it uh, and they moved the all-star game remember that nonsense no one there's not much controversy about Qatar uh, not at all these take a knee uh, soccer players and all that. They're just uh, over there and that's fine suddenly. Uh, whatever. Knock yourselves out. And I do mean that. Knock yourselves out. I just find it's kind of a silly, silly, silly thing to watch. All they, they, it's, I feel like the field is way too big. It's just too big for the players, especially the women players. But it's just like it, it's a bunch of kids chasing a ball. That's that's what it looks like to me. Hey, I feel bad. Boy, oh boy. Talk about a rigged justice system. Can you believe can you believe they haven't laughed E. Jean Carroll out of court by now? This lawsuit of hers continues. Uh, are they going to be able to depose President Trump? So E. Jean Carroll is a well-known lunatic uh, in New York, well-known in certain circles. Um, just crazy person has been crazy for a long time and her allegation against donald trump uh is totally absurd uh you know they they hooked up he said she says they had never met each other but they met each other and there was instant chemistry on the main floor of bergdorf goodman in 1995 she doesn't know the month she doesn't know any of the specifics but uh there was instant chemistry but big problem with her story is uh well number one it's impossible logistically and number two uh, they actually had already met each other. There's a picture of E. Jean Carroll and Donald Trump from 1987, back when E. Jean Carroll was uh, married to John Johnson. Remember him, John Johnson on Eyewitness News? He was uh, he was pretty good, that guy, but uh, he figured her out, and the, he, he got out of that situation. Um, it's, it's just, it's really regrettable. It's going to, it's amazing that he's running for president again, you know, that he, he loves this country that much. I really do. So you heard the Supreme Court is now greasing the wheels to um, force him to turn over his tax returns. I'd love to have somebody explain to me how it is constitutional to force a president to hand over these kinds of materials. Where in the Constitution that we are totally, totally, the country that exists today has almost zero resemblance to what the founding fathers were talking about. And that's, quite frankly, the way it's supposed to work. The Constitution, it's really, really important. So we have Republican judges, and they love to do this. They love to show how independent they are uh, by sticking it to Republicans. That gets you ahead in America. You know, he's a conservative, but he sticks it to, he sticks it to conservatives. Wow, what, a, what an open-minded person. But when a liberal does that, and quite frankly, it never happens, but when a liberal 
should do that, well, it's um, that that it doesn't happen. It does not happen, and you will not get any sympathy. You will not get any approval from what entity? Who's going to approve it? Who's going to say that's a good thing? Uh, Fox and Newsmax, and then then you're out of luck. Let's see here. Uh, President Trump on True Social. When a Republican judge or justice is proudly appointed by a Republican, he or she will almost always go out of their way to make a point, even in a decision, that they are in no way beholden to the person or party that gave them this great honor. When a Democrat judge or justice, especially a radical left one, is proudly appointed by a Democrat, he or she just doesn't care. It is almost impossible to get a fair decision on a case if you are a Republican. Sorry, but that's just the way it is. And he's right. He is totally right. You know, Kavanaugh and some of these guys have been something of a disappointment. I Can I blame Kavanaugh? The guy's been thoroughly, thoroughly traumatized and re-traumatized. Uh, the, the hearings, there were obviously no walk in the park, and now big mobs show up right outside of his house, right outside of his house, in total violation of federal law. It is against the law, but the Biden administration helps it, uh, facilitates it. It's interesting. I was talking to a very well-known Democrat leftist who happens to be a lawyer. I like her a lot, uh, but she was saying to me that, well... Um, you know, it's all in the uh, the nuance of that law, and you have to get into the mindset of the intent of the people who are protesting, and maybe they're not there to influence a decision. They just want to make their – I'm like, shut up. Okay, the law says right there you can't parade in front of a justice's house uh, because, reasonably speaking, this would be an effort to change the opinion, a justice or a judge. So, yes, but oh, I, I wouldn't want you involved in that case because you, you don't have an open mind. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if I could get a conviction on that. I'm like, a conviction? You know, not every police action is about getting ultimately a conviction in court. You don't arrest everybody. You move move along, move along, right? Cops say that all the time. Move along. Uh, that's not about getting a conviction in court. Another one from President Trump this weekend. Uh, the so-called investigation of me by a radical left prosecutor who is totally controlled by Eric Holder and Obama is a rigged scam, all in caps. The Justice Department and FBI are corrupt. In fact, offered $1 million to Christopher Steele to lie, told Facebook that Hunter's laptop was disinformation from Russia when they knew it was not, and paid people to get Trump. Did nothing on January 6th, peacefully and patriotically, by the way, or with Democrats. Check out past presidents. He's right. I am looking forward. It's kind of amazing. But you look back, the history of the FBI is replete with this kind of stuff. It says it all there, right? Frank, quite frankly, on the, on the FBI headquarters. The J. Edgar Hoover building. The J. Edgar Hoover building. Now, we know a lot about that guy. All right. All the stuff he was up to and the what do they call it? Black bag jobs. And the FBI actually had a plot to get Martin Luther King to kill himself. There was a harassment campaign against Martin Luther King. They wanted him to kill himself. Apparently, Martin Luther King was involved in all kinds of extramarital this, that and the other thing. You know, in America, uh, that's really not law enforcement's business, is it? Right. But the FBI bugged various hotel rooms, you know, got the moaning, got the groaning, got all the stuff. And apparently Martin Luther King may have had a, you know, peculiar interest or two. 
peculiar. I say peculiar. Well, who am I to judge Martin Luther King 50 years later? Whatever he wanted to do, he wanted to do. That's his business. And it wasn't the FBI's. So the FBI, what a corrupt organization, through and through, and always has been. You know, who's that guy? Mark Felt. You can look this up. Uh, oh, wait. Do I want to go back to the E. Jean Carroll thing? Just so you know, E. Jean Carroll, because she makes the, she is kind of one of these, uh, you know, women to celebrate, you know, truth to power, and what a hero, and she's uh, speaking her truth, and she was sexually assaulted, raped by President Trump. Uh, here she is on Anderson Cooper, having the time of her life, by the way. This is a, a f hard to find clip, but she's on Anderson Cooper. She's digging all the attention. I mean, she's loving it. And this is, by the way, during a presidential campaign, right? The president of the United States has a lot on his plate. And this nut job is put on CNN. Go ahead, please. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished. Which The word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not, this was not sexual. For, it just it it hurt. It just what it just you know. Well, I think most people think of rape as a. I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I a think sexual. most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> right, Eugene Carroll. Rape is sexy. I mean, this lunatic should have been escorted out of CNN and never, and her stupid lawsuit never allowed back into a courtroom. But every step of the way, they are cutting her every break they can. And uh, she is still, I mean, this thing is going through the courts. The other one that really, really bothers me, because they can add it to a list. President Trump is under investigation locally, state and federal. The state one, the New York state one by Letitia James I am no financial whiz. I am no, uh, when it comes to uh, mortgages and buying and selling, I, I just, I, I, oh boy, that's hard stuff. Most people don't do it, by the way, because of the paperwork involved. There's so much paperwork. My wife is very good at real estate. I can't do it. Uh, the paperwork, the paperwork, the paperwork. But, but, and my wife, who is very good at real estate, is very impressed by me because she'll just point at a house or a property or show me a picture of something and she knows the answer she has the answer she says how much do you think this is worth and i'll say that's worth nine hundred thousand dollars and i'm always right uh this sold for four this listed for 4.5 million what do you think it sold for mm, 3.7 i am always always right so when letitia james came forward and said that donald trump inflated the value of uh, what was it? 40 Wall Street. And she said it was only worth $250 million. And Donald Trump valued it at like uh, $900 million. I think that was the differential. And this is also back in 2007 and 2008 in that time frame. It was before the financial collapse. Um, I knew. I knew it. I knew that Trump was right and she was wrong. I keep an eye on those things. I like to know how much things cost. I'm not going to buy them. I'm not going to sell them. I can't do the paperwork. I just told you that. But I do, and I've developed this skill. And there's no way 40 Wall Street was only worth $250 million. No way. And I did this on the Newsmax show. I got the, uh, what do you call them, the comps, the comparables. I found all these properties that uh, uh, were bigger than 40 Wall Street, had less space than 40 Wall Street, that sold for more than 40 Wall Street. 
when when Letitia James, who, by the way, let's face it, I mean, what a country, what a country where you can be that stupid and be the attorney general of of a great state, New York State. Hey, ever notice that we never call uh, we never call New York the Empire State? That's our nickname, right? But every reporter on TV, they're always saying, you know, the nutmeg state or uh, what's another state? The sunshine state. Uh, but we never you never hear anybody ever say the um, the Empire State. I'm not complaining, but it's just something uh, I've noticed. All right. Do me a favor. Hey, is Alfred on the phone still? All right, Alfred. What do you got? Hello, Alfred from Yonkers. Hi. Happy Thanksgiving, belated. Um, I hope all is well with you. I, ju- I just wanted to say the Second Amendment, I cringe every time there's like a mass shooting, Greg, because they, they not only for the victims, of course, for the victims, but but in a sense that they never let a crisis go to waste. And they're always looking to restrict more and more like legal gun ownership, you know, law-abiding citizens. I myself was an auxiliary police officer. I was in the military, you know, like like a person like, I mean, not that I should have any special privileges, of course, but, but I'm just saying, like, they, they just, they'll do anything. It's just an excuse to do away with the Second Amendment. It is, it is. And I never, I did not see it that way until recently. I always thought, okay, we have to have this debate because, gosh, this is bad. Now I see the debate is totally phony. And they're exploiting these moments. They're exploiting them. If they enforce the laws that are on the books, these things would not be happening uh, for the most part. But it is an effort. They exploit it to take our rights away. I would never have said that. Maybe two years ago, I wouldn't have said that because I didn't believe it. I would have also been turned off by somebody who said that or or thought that. Hey, by the way, you said auxiliary cop? In, in Yonkers. In Yonkers. You ever see the odd couple when uh, Felix and uh, Oscar join the auxiliary police? <laughs> they do. They do. And Felix annoys everybody in the class. Did you get a? You don't get a gun. That's the, that's the big difference, right? But you're wearing a uniform. You know, there were two auxiliary cops, I believe, uh, not that long ago, maybe 10 years ago, who were killed, shot, assassinated. It was really, really bad. Uh, auxiliary cops, you know, they take a hell of a lot of risk. They incur because they look like regular police they look like full-time active duty police but i don't think they have weapons did you have a weapon alfred um can i let you in on this greg i mean we are trained with firearms in case of emergency i mean we don't get to carry them but we are trained with peace officers with fire new york state peace officer with fire all right that's yonkers but pretty much i'm glad by the way but i don't think they have them in new york city in fact i know they don't have them in new york city but they have the uniforms and the uniforms look just like regular police uniforms kind of interesting when you think about it hey alfred i appreciate the call give me a moment i'll be right back with crime running rampant in new york you need to keep yourself and your family safe obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time consuming that's where myfirstpistol.com comes in they'll help you secure your concealed carry license if you're looking for a pistol premise rifle or shotgun license call 347-559-7052 347-559-7052 you must have a valid firearm license issued by the nypd to purchase possess or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Still 
kind of breaks my heart. You know, I loved the New York Times for a long time, grew up with it. It was, it really was kind of the backdrop. It was the, the infrastructure of American life in so many ways. It's, uh, and now it's totally crazy, and uh, I guess deliberately so, because they want to appeal to their subscribers. You know, it's not appealing to a broad, uh, diverse audience. It's all about the, the subscribers and uh, the, the, the silliest, silliest article written by some, uh, I guess, it doesn't, you know, she's a lesbian, so what? Uh, but she just can't get over herself. She just thinks that's the biggest deal in the world. And she wants to see the world kissing. She wants the world to see us kissing. Have a couple of things on this. Number one, before I get to the article, have you noticed that you don't see people making out on the street like you used to? This is it just me? I feel like, what do they call it? PDA, public displays of affection. They're just not, they just, they just don't happen as much, right? You just don't see it as much. You don't say, I saw two people making out not too long ago and I just on the sidewalk. And I'm like, I don't think I've seen that in years. Uh, and remember, if you see two people going at it, you know, get a room. Um, well, what's her name here? What is her name? Uh, does she not give me her name? She doesn't want to say, oh, her name is Zoe. Anyway, she, uh, listen to this. Oh, gosh, she's got a lot of things to... She wants people to see her kissing her girlfriend. I started making these images last December to make that point. I wanted to capture people in our community sharing intimate moments. While I was making these images, my subjects and I would sometimes receive homophobic remarks that just reminded me how necessary these photographs are. These images are also for queer people of color, too. It's not just about normalizing our love for people outside our community. It's also about normalizing it for ourselves, becoming more confident and cherishing one another shamelessly. Yeah, shame, shamelessly. I'm looking at some of these people making out, and uh, quite frankly, heterosexual, uh, 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 lesbian, gay, uh, some of this stuff should not be happening, um, you know, on the sidewalk. It just, I don't know. It's just, a, yeah, I just it, like I said, it's not done anymore. Now, so the next time you hear uh, to what's her name here, Zoe, uh, I think she should understand that uh, people uh, who are straight might hear somebody say, get a room. It happens all the time. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Her name isn't Zoe. It's Kadar. Kadar R. Small. Kadar, don't take it personally. And uh, homophobia is wrong. Um, although transphobia, I sometimes wonder about. I think it's bad to not transphobe because everyone, you say the wrong thing around a trans person. I mean, it's a career ender. Is that is is it okay to be afraid of that? I think maybe it is. Hey, is Cheech on the phone? Hi, Cheech. What's up? Hey, Greg. How are you, bud? Happy holidays. Uh, hey, listen. Um, you know, well, first before I get to my point, you had mentioned eyewitness news. Yeah, uh, you got to get to the point. That's the point. You got to get to the point. You got to get to the point, especially uh, with the clock ticking. What's the point? All right. Uh, um, That's well, never a good uh, way to start a conversation. Before I get to the point, this is a, we got, we all got to get to the point. What's the point? I'm, I and I want to know what the point Roger, is. I beat next to Roger Grimsey at a Chase Stadium football game. Anyway, um, the other day I heard uh, O'Reilly stating, and uh -oh. I think it's in his book that. 
Oswald was the lone shooter. That is How so dare true. he say something that you disagree with? It is true. I agree with Bill O'Reilly, by the way, that Oswald did it himself. Hey, listen, Cheech, there's the music. You see, you got to get to the point right away. Stay with me, though. I'll take you on the other side if you want. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Joe Biden calling people he disagrees with sick again. You got that yet, Kevin? Anybody? Hello? Just let me know if you got it. Okay, that's fine. Um, Yeah, Joe Biden has the thing. If you don't agree with him, it's sick. It's sick. A Georgia voting law he doesn't like is sick. Second Amendment he doesn't like is sick. He keeps on saying that semi-automatic weapons, if you want a semi-automatic weapon, it's sick. You know what I'd love to do? I'd love to see it happen in a debate or anywhere else. Hey, Joe, do me a favor. Define a semi-automatic weapon. What do you think a semi-automatic weapon is? Uh, I wonder if he could actually answer that question. Uh, something tells me he could not. Anyway, uh, lots. Uh, there's actually not that much going on. <laughs> it's great. It's beautiful. It's delicious. Uh, Friday, you know, this is a, the day of leftovers, of course. And uh, even though we went to a restaurant, I am now at a location where they had a big home feast. And I have access to all the leftovers. And this is where the whole dieting thing, you know, okay, I'm going to eat today. I'm going to eat. Like, there's no tomorrow, and then I'll go on the diet tomorrow. And then you've realized, ooh, oh, oh, leftovers. And then, all right, I'll start on Monday, and then there's the, the, the Christmas cookies, and it's just, okay, we'll start, on the, we'll start on the first of the year. And you know how that goes. It's a terrible, terrible cycle. And every year, you basically gain 10 pounds, and then, you know, at some point, you're not along it, around anymore. It's, uh, it's quite a thing. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to break the cycle. I've done it a couple of times in my life. I am desperately trying to do it again right now. All right, Cheech, um, now that we've established uh, what your point was, I want to go back to the part which wasn't your point. What did you say about Roger Grimsby? Oh, man, we lost him. Roger Grimsby was a um, the anchor man with Bill Butel, and they were uh, quite the duo. Quite the duo. That's back when everybody watched the news at 6 p.m. Everybody watched. Like a million people would watch the Channel 5 news at 10. Um, but now, mm, not so much. It doesn't work that way anymore. We're all looking in a million different directions, and that's okay. One of the places we're looking way too much time is this Instagram stuff. I'm the worst. I do it myself all the time. I love looking at the animal videos. I like looking at the pretty girls. I like looking at the private jets. Then I like looking at the, the clothes. Then I like looking at the, uh, the military stuff and the helicopters and then the jets. And then it's a model airplane and then it's a train set. And then it's back to the pretty girl. And it's just such a silly waste of time. But one thing it has done. Everybody is obsessed. Apparently, the ultimate status symbol right now is the private jet. It is the private jet. You got to get onto a private jet, and then you got to be obnoxious and take pictures and show everybody. Well, having been on a private jet once, uh, I can tell you it's not all that. Uh, number one, it's kind of cramped. You can't stand up all the way on some of these private jets. On some you can, some you can't. And but the one I was on, you could stand up. And it'd be one thing if it was just your family, right? If you were traveling with your family, but it's never just your family, is it, right? I mean, when you're when you're on JetBlue, you don't have to talk to anybody. You don't have to interact with the crew or the flight attendant. You know, thank you, good morning. You know that that's it. But you got to kind of like run a show, and you got to 
well, you got to be Mr. Mr. Nice Guy or else they'll go around saying what a jerk you are. So you got to do that. Um, and let's say you have, you got to talk to the people that you're on the plane with. There's no hiding from them. You know, people on JetBlue, nobody talks to each other to the point that I almost think it's rude to the point that something happened like 1989 or something like that. People stopped chit-chatting with each other on planes. They just don't do it anymore. But back then, back then they, they, they did. There was a time you, you met somebody, you met somebody on a train, you met somebody on a plane, you met some... And I'm not talking necessarily romantically. You just exchange thoughts, ideas. Now, nobody does that. But at the same time, when you're on the private jet, you kind of have to do it. And oh, by the way, everybody's ooing and awing. They can't believe they're on the private jet. And then they take the obnoxious pictures. And since when did when did we become so immodest? You know, I mean, when is it? When is conspicuous consumption? When did that become cool? The bling and all this junk, you know, the the jewelry and the, I don't know. It's, uh, I think it's unbecoming. It's very unbecoming. Hey, as much as society seems to be slipping away, I think we should point out that by and large, we're actually in pretty good shape compared to, say, a thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago. I mean, COVID did a real number on us, right? But let's face it, it was no bubonic plague, right? That was a lot worse. And uh, a lot more people were killed. And you grew hideous lesions on your face just horrible the plague was bad and then we how did we treat the plague uh they went to the swamp and they got leeches they actually put leeches on you so uh, much better off than we were a thousand years ago and much better off than we were two thousand years ago how about this in the bible you think we got problems now the king the king of uh who was it king herod he gets wind that uh a messiah was born and uh, he gets jealous. He's like, oh, oh, I can't have anybody, uh, you know, I can't have anybody moving in on my turf. Uh, when did you say this baby was born? Sometime in the past two weeks? Okay, let's get every baby born over the past two weeks and kill them. That was like the policy of a country. I mean, we don't have anything like that. But we do have Joe Biden saying all that's calling us sick, right? Is that ready yet? Y- y- what? Speak up, Charlie. I can't hear you. What? All right. Press play, please. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. Period. Just based on knowledge, not on parents saying or loved ones saying. Stop it for a second. Can you guys hear this? Because I could barely hear it. As long as you guys can hear it, because I heard it before. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? All right. Uh... We pump up the volume as far as it'll go. All right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's press play again. This person now, for his own sake, is ridiculous. We got a one of the first red flag laws in the state of Delaware. My son Bo is the one enforcing it, and it made a lot of difference. It saved lives. So that's number one. Number two, the idea, the idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is sick. It's just sick. It has no, no social redeeming value. Zero. None. Not a single solitary rationale for it except profit for the gun manufacturer. Can you Stop. do anything about gun? The Second Amendment, you dummy. And again, define semi-automatic. He thinks, to, he thinks I, I do believe he has something confused in his head. 
He doesn't know the difference between fully automatic and semi-automatic. That's the problem, okay? So people who own guns, people, that's one of the reasons why they find him so detestable, because he speaks with a certainty and he does not know what he's talking about. Continue, please. During the lame duck, sir? I'm going to try. What will you try and do? I'm going to try to get rid of assault weapons. During the lame duck? He's going to get... He's going to try to get rid of assault weapons. He's going to try to get rid of assault weapons. Uh, This is what you get when you have career politicians, all right? Whatever's fashionable at the moment, whatever sounds good in the moment, you got to look decisive. This guy's been running from cocktail party to fundraiser to Capitol Hill, back to Delaware, uh, family, friends, money. And he's going to tell you and me what we can keep in our homes to protect ourselves. Something that the founding fathers, in their wisdom, thought a right that we should have. He's going to take it away from us. Just like he said he could take away the First Amendment, by the way. He did. He boasted such when he was a United States senator. We can take away this First Amendment like that, young lady. He did. He said the young lady part, too. Very sexist guy. All right. uh, Press play again. I got to make that assessment as I get in and start counting the votes. Mr. President, you know, you're directly involved in a great. Can you give your assessment on whether Ukraine aid will need to be topped up in the late down? Well, I, yes. As a matter of fact, I just had another drawdown. I signed another drawdown of over $300 million. And uh, there's no, no time to walk away from Ukraine. Not at all. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, you know, it, you're right. No time to walk away from Ukraine. But you did. You did. At the moment of truth, when this thing still could have been averted, you signaled to Russia that we wouldn't do a damn thing. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I mean, it's been basically censored and banned, and you can't find the clip, but it exists. I have it. Where Joe says, you know, what's going to happen in Ukraine? Well, my guess is he's probably going to have to invade. He's got to do something. Remember that? Remember, and the other thing that happened, no one ever talks about this. I can't believe we had a midterm election, and this didn't even rate on the damn polls. We do have a lot of silly people in America. I mean, a lot of hijinks happened in that election, but we got a lot of silly, silly people who don't care about anything. They just care about being cool and woke and uh, you know, apologizing for who they are. But we lost a war in Afghanistan, and that was directly, that was Joe Biden's fault. And once that happened... Putin knew the time has come. Oh, by the way, remember, Putin got a good look at Joe Biden about two weeks before our loss in Afghanistan. He just knew. He made up his mind. This was not an overnight spur-of-the-moment thing. This guy, Putin, wanted Ukraine for a long time. And uh, at some point, you know, I love Ukraine, but at some point, I, I uh, the money thing has got to be revisited. And for, I mean, I don't like war. Having been to war, I hate war. Uh, we went through that last week. A lot of bad things happen in war. Wars sometimes need to be fought, but last resort, whatever. But big countries have been invading little countries since they invented countries right next door. I just can't morally get myself all that worked up about it. War crimes are horrific and and must be stopped, and it's good to support your allies, but um, I don't know. I I'm sorry if I'm not as morally outraged as I should be that a big country decided to invade a little country right next door that, oh, by the way, not that long ago was the same country. 
I can understand. I can get my head around that. I can get my head around that. I can get my head around Russia wanting to make Ukraine part of Russia again. I can't get my head around lying that there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq and sending 200,000 guys halfway around the world to invade on a lie, to take over a country that did not do anything to us. Remember, we've got that on our record. All right, Joe, you're bothering me now. Keep going. We had a lot of talk in this last election about whether the other team is going to continue to support Ukraine. I still believe yeah. there's enough support. Yeah, we there. did. Can you talk about what the holdup is, Mr. President? I can't because it's the middle of the negotiations still. But, uh, Have my, you been in touch with all the parties again? My team has been in touch with all the parties, in rooms with the parties, and uh, I have... Uh, is he talking about the train thing that he's about I, to screw I up? I think he is. Keep going. Because they're, going to, they're still talking. Thanks, oh, do you think the oil, the oil price caps, sir, will that come When will you get your annual physical, Mr. President? Mm-hmm. When do you think I need it? <laughs> you just had a birthday. <laughs> I've gotten my few. I will get it. Part of my physical is already done, and I'll be getting it before the end of the year. Okay. Okay. the physical. I want the mental done. Is he finished? I'm finished with him. Who needs him? Who needs him? Uh, can't believe it. Can't believe the American people vote. Well, they. <laughs> you're right. I can't believe the American people voted for him because I don't believe they did. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, Kanye West, Kanye with the president of the United States. You know, I'm talking about Trump, of course. He, uh, Trump said something the other night. I liked it. I liked it. He said, uh, he was talking about Elon Musk. And he said, Elon is, uh, you know, Elon, he's got a great company. And uh, I like Elon. He's a character. And I I tend to like characters. And I, I get that. He does like characters. And, uh, uh, you know, Kanye West is one mixed up uh, guy. I guess he's a genius. I don't know what it is he does so well. Uh, is he a singer? Is he a rapper? What is he? I can't name any Kanye music. And that's not like, I, you know, I, I, I can't. I can't. I don't want to either. I don't care. But um, Kanye West was there at Mar-a-Lago and then uh, shoots his mouth off right after. Uh, you know, sometimes the president, I think, wants the information out there. And I don't know. I don't know what he was doing here. But let's see what Kanye West had to say. Uh, cut six, please. Cut six. So Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes, unlike so many of the lawyers and so many people that he was left with on his 2020 campaign, he's actually a loyalist. When he didn't know where the lawyers is, you'll still have your lawyer list. And when all the lawyers said, forget it, Trump's done, there were loyalists running up in the White House, right? And my question would be, why, when you had the chance, did you not free the January Sixers? And I came to him as someone who loves Trump, and I said, go and get Corey back. Go and get these people that the media tried to cancel and told you to step away from. He basically gives me this would-be mob-esque kind of story, talking to some kid from the south side of Chicago trying to sound mobby or whatever. Yeah, he, I, I can't understand Kanye. He just kind of... The way he speaks, it can't really, you can't. And by the way, regarding the January 6th uh, prisoners, Donald Trump is the only one who's been speaking out, advocating for them. Now, if he was supposed to pardon a bunch of people, uh, you know, remember, most of these folks were arrested 
after January 20th, after we left. That's when the scope of the problem, like, man, the federal government is really going to is really going to incarcerate these people and leave them in jail for months and months, years and years and overcharge them. They're really going to do that. That was not apparent uh, before Trump left office. Uh, so there's that. And uh, let's see if there's another one here. Uh, uh, cut uh, eight. Cut eight. What does he say about the Bible here? Since we know, and all the Christians in America that love Trump know that Trump is a conservative, we're going to demand that you hold all policies directly to the Bible. Uh, I, I, I need to hear a little bit more than what he's talking about. I mean, I think what he's getting at is, have you ever heard of a book called The Year of Living Biblically? And There's this guy who goes and he tries to live in strict accordance with the Bible. And uh, it's uh, it's it's quite the sight to see. <laughs> I think uh, he's he walks around. He actually literally gives himself a black eye. He punches himself so hard in the face to give himself a black eye. What's that supposed to represent? He's trying to take his eye out because remember, if uh, your, your eye uh, makes you do something, you're supposed to rip it out. Well, again, figuratively, not literally. Uh, so enough with Kanye. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, he's, 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 he's too mixed up. Uh, who's on the phone from Staten Island? Hello? Hey, Frank. I mean, Craig. Listen, um, I, I'm sure you remember, but maybe your listeners don't, that... Uh, Who is this? Ed from Staten Island. For real? For real? Yeah, no, for real. All right, what's up? Now, remember when uh, George W. Bush approached the Pentagon and said, give me two scenarios for invading uh, Iraq, and they, they came back with two. They said, go in with a full force, 750,000, put an American face on it. Or plan B was go in light-footed, 150,000, and then convert the Iraqi security into soldiers and put an Iraqi face on it. So they chose option B. They went in with Lightfoot, and what did they do? Yeah, well, we screwed it up. Hey, do me a favor. I want to pick up on this. Give me a mo- give me a few moments. Quick commercial break. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, you want to hear something awesome and totally brilliant? And uh, wow, this uh, this guy really nails it. All right, listen to this. Uh, this is about justice in America and the consequences to our beautiful nation if justice fails. Trust in law enforcement and the institutions of public safety, it's been hollowed out. The center pole of the American way of life is freedom, but liberty must be paired with respect for the rule of law or else we will descend into chaos. That's where America stands right now, at the edge of chaos. Everyone feels it. I know I do. Don't you? Divisions have emerged that could tear America apart. We fail to agree on fundamental matters such as, are police bad? Is stealing harmless? Should white and black people be treated equally? And it doesn't seem that we are close to repairing the rift. The core of the problem, as I see it, is that there is a hideously dishonest conversation about race going on in America today in order to avoid some uncomfortable truths. I am sick of listening to elected officials, media personalities, and radical advocates lie through their teeth about the reality of crime, criminal justice, and law enforcement in this country. The victims of this campaign of deep untruth include all of us, but its effect, it affects the men and women of law enforcement most grievously. 
They have been scapegoated, lied about, and savagely denigrated. Violence against cops is rising rapidly. The FBI says that murder of cops were up 59% during 2021, much higher than the figures for the nation at large. Almost every year or two, typically corresponding to the election cycle, some incident involving a police officer and a civilian, usually black, is amplified and magnified by the press, the National Democrat Party, and street-level activists to promote the idea that America is a racist dictatorship that feeds like a starving mosquito on the blood of African Americans. Civil unrest breaks out, sometimes locally, sometimes nationally, to agitate the base and convince a segment of the electorate that one half of the country is ignorant, backward, cruel, and racist. I lay the blame for this deeply false dynamic on Barack Obama, the senator from Illinois, who consciously echoed Abraham Lincoln in his speeches and who represented the promise of a post-racial America where people could get along normally and stop obsessing over skin color, turned out he turned out to be as wicked and divisive a race hustler as any street corner lunatic or Jim Crow era segregationist sheriff. He got elected president in 2008 on the premise of uniting America and then set about lighting fires of resentment and discord everywhere he could, using ancient fears as leverage to grab as much power as he could. I wrote this book to lay out the case against Barack Obama, his politics of division, and the Democrat Party, which he continues to lead behind the scenes and in support of the men and women of law enforcement. They deserve better. And so does America. At its core, American institutions exist to preserve public safety, the rule of law, and peaceable enjoyment of the fruits of one's labors. Yet these institutions are teetering on collapse. People of good conscience must agree now to fight, to shore up the timbers of the American system. Otherwise, it is all going to fall apart and get washed away into the tides of history. Now, is that good writing or what? Wow. Wow. This guy, this guy lays it out beautifully and he's just getting started. That's in the introduction. Well, it's my book. <laughs> of course, it's written well. Uh, it took a hell of a lot of effort. And, uh, unfortunately, that's nothing compared to what's about to happen. Selling the book. <laughs> it's a, uh, woo. Uh, and I've never done that before. So, um, I, uh, what I will do right now, uh, is tell you that I would appreciate it very much because if I make this book a bestseller, and I think I can, and I think it will be, uh, I'm off and running. Quite frankly, there aren't a lot of people out there like me. There aren't a lot of people out there, even on the conservative side, who feel comfortable talking about race, uh, a clear, direct, honest conversation about race. If this book, if this book moves the needle, and I'm talking about the needle at the bookstore, quite frankly. Uh, I'm here to stay. I am here to stay. And book number two and then book number three, um, you know, uh, so I'm counting on you, folks. I am. I am. I am. I am. I would really appreciate it. The name of the book is Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. It's by me, Greg Kelly. Now, there are a couple of things you can do. You can uh, go to your independent bookstore and... Um, let them know you want the book, and then they're going to order it for you. And by the way, I really like independent bookstores. I like moseying around a bookstore, which you can't do as much anymore, right? Because there aren't any. There aren't any. 
Um, you know, there's a there's a there's one Barnes and Noble in Manhattan, I think. I mean, I, there's probably there are two, but look, there used to be. You know what really stunk when Borders went away? When Borders went away, because not only you know the the, the DVD, everything in there, and and they they were they were all over the place. It's it's tough to um, to run an independent bookstore. It is um, Amazon. They're really big, of course, and I love Amazon. I mean, I order from there all the time, and you can get this book on Amazon. But, but however you get it, and it's av- available in audio as well. So Amazon, your independent bookstore. I like those guys. Sometimes they have a cat walking around the store. It's uh, it's pretty nice. Hey, did I hang up on Ed by accident? Is Ed there in Staten Island? I'm here. Hey, oh, well, so sorry, Ed. Okay, you sounded like you're, uh, hope I didn't put you out. Uh, what's going on, pal? No, I was just talking about the great switcheroo. When, um, yeah, I know. Before you did that, what do you think about that book, huh? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. I'm going to buy it. I appreciate it so much. I really do. Um, it's, uh, it's, it was a labor of love, and um, I thank you for that, Ed. All right, so, yeah, they uh, tell us again they went with going into Iraq with a very small force and trying to sell it as an international coalition. Keep going. Right, and then they said we'll convert the Iraqi security forces and and uh, put an Iraqi face on it, and then bingo, they put Paul Bremer in, Paul Bremer in charge. So they didn't listen to the Pentagon. They did what they wanted to do. The Pentagon has a way of telling political leadership what they want to hear. You've got to keep that in mind. Uh, not too many people, you know, it's amazing about people in, in the military. And I was in the military, and uh, this is both a compliment and a diss at the same time. And I saw it myself, and quite frankly, I mean, I just, it's a human, it's a human thing. It's kind of weird. It's actually not human. I don't know what it is. But people in the military will give up their lives for their country. Absolutely. They will, they will. They'll 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 follow an order even if it takes them to their death. They will do that, but they won't risk their career for their country. They'll risk their life for their country, but they'll never risk their career. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of I'm still trying to get my hands around that one. Uh, so I don't know if the Pentagon was really pushing one or the other. And that Tommy Franks guy, he was the head of the he was the head of Central Command. Not much in the um, brain department. And he got very, very excited about this. Going fast, going light, you know, handed over to the Iraqis. I'm surprised you mentioned Paul Bremer. I haven't heard about that guy in a long time. That's a total scandal. You remember that guy, Paul Bremer? We made him the viceroy of Iraq. We made some guy who went to the same country club as George W. Bush the head of Iraq for a year and a half. And what did he do? He helped break an already ruined country. He had no administrative background. He had no military background. That is a total scandal. Where the hell did this guy come from? And where is he now? I understand he's up in Vermont in a cabin, no kidding, writing cookbooks. That's what he's doing right now, writing cookbooks up there in Vermont. This guy who told the Republican guard, you know, we don't need you anymore. Go away. Uh, Turn in your uniforms. You suck. Um, You don't do that. You don't do that. Conquering power. Mm-mm. Didn't he read any Sun Tzu? Anyway, did you know what his nickname was, uh, uh, Ed? No, I don't. It's not much of a nickname. They called him Jerry. It's funny um, you bring up Art of War because I just emailed that to Frank Morano. Because I, I suspect, I have no evidence, but I suspect he's a, he's a leftist. Is that right? Yeah, that's why I said Frank. What do you mean you have no evidence? 
well, it's like little know. comments he makes here and there, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, all right. Well, Ed, uh, thank you very much. We love uh, Frank. I saw him two years ago at the Fun Run, and uh, he's a real he's a real uh, what do you call it uh, uh, assassination buff, like I am. Although I, unlike a lot of you, know the truth on that one, and it's that Oswald shot Kennedy and shot him by himself. So that's something to consider. So. By the way, this book comes out January 10th, and with that in mind, i got to do like 75 things, and I've never done it before. I thought it's just you have a book party, and uh, you know the rest is uh, you watch the money roll in. It doesn't work that way. It's a really convoluted kind of uh, thing you got to do um, to work this book. So bear with me while I do, all right? I appreciate it. Uh, the name of the book, again, is Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it uh, You can get it by going to the bookstore. Better yet, the best of all, go to the bookstore and tell them you want to order it. And uh, they may give you a funny look, but uh, that's okay. That's okay. Wait a second. Greg Kelly, isn't he the... Yes, yes, he is. Yes, he's. yes he is. Yes, he is. Uh, hey, do me a favor. I got to take a quick break, get some more pie, and uh, one moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, by the way, in my upcoming book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, um, it's a little bit autobiographical at points, and I will address the vicious and ugly and false, most of all false allegations that were made against me in January of 2012, uh, I went through a horrendous ordeal, a horrendous and public ordeal, and so did those very close to me. And I have a few things to say about that. I hope no one ever has to go through that. Unfortunately, people go through it every day. But like most of suffering, most of adversity, it has turned out to be, it turned out to be ultimately one of the greatest blessings. God can do anything, anything, and sometimes he uses adversity to get our attention and to make a correction. But again, the allegations made against me in January of 2012 were absolutely false. Now, I know all of you understand that, and I actually very much appreciate that about New York. You know, for as horrific an experience that was, People, ordinary people, they understood, especially New Yorkers. They got it. They got it right off the bat. This, this is BS. They knew it. And I am so thankful to this day for the kindness of strangers, of course, my family, people I never met, and my family, I'm talking about all my family, of course, my mother, father, brother, but cousins, aunts and uncles, you know, people who I'm related to who I don't see all that often. And again, ordinary people like I who I did not know. But most of all, for God, grateful for him never before. It was such a horrible time. But ultimately... I saw his hand in it all, and I am grateful, very, very grateful, and have mercy on the accuser's soul. 
Carlotta is on the phone. Carlotta, how are you? I haven't heard from you in a million years. Yeah, well, I call periodically to remind you it's time to get on Truth Social. I know. (laughs) I I know. I know. I know. The thing is, you you cannot remain neutral on a moving train. And all you have to do is take baby steps. First, Wait a second. Neutral on a moving train? Who are you talking about? I'm not neutral. I I stake. You you know how I feel. It's just joining that thing. Oh, my gosh. I got to get another password. You know, why is it that you got to get a password? You know, for any little minimal thing you sign up for, they want a password. Who in the world would try to get into my account, you know, for... uh, the, the Oregonian. I mean, who who would ever try to get into my Nike account? Not Nike to buy sneakers, but the one that I use to monitor my miles when I go for when I go for runs. You know, three or four times a month. Why do I have to have a password for that? So these things really, really immobilize me, and I don't know. I wish I got to have somebody to do it for me. To be honest, I'm not high maintenance, but in this, I guess I'm high maintenance. Listen. Start your own. Start your own network if you object so much. But what do you mean object? I don't object. I don't object to what? I don't object to Truth Social. I love it. I quote Donald Trump off it all no, the time. I'm telling way. you, it's, I'm not lazy. But in this area, I am kind of. It's not lazy. What's the word? I find it also daunting. I just oh gosh that. And then they want, I, not only do they want a new, a unique password with numbers and pound signs and all that stuff, then I got to go, go through that thing with, you know, identify all the, everything, pick on all the squares that are not a fire hydrant. I, it's, it's, I, I know, I have a bit of a, a deficiency. It's very hard for me. So uh, I'm agreeing with, uh, wait, what did you just say? You said I was something else or something like that. I, but I'm not like what I you just said I was. All right. Now, what? listen. Take baby steps. Take baby steps. Get the password. Then all you have to do is copy and paste all your Twitter remarks. No, no, no. I'm good. Once I get it up there, I can, I, I'm can. i off and running. I'm just talking about setting up the account. You look at my Twitter. I'm good at Twitter. I know what the hell I'm doing when it comes to Twitter. Um, speaking of well, which, what? It, and now what? you have to go through a growth spurt. You have a to growth go spurt. Growth That's true. I just said, everybody. Yeah, it's hard. You know, maybe maybe something amazing will be uh, happening over there on True Social. But I mean, let, hey, let me be. Let, let's be honest. Not many. Well, I know. I want to help Truth Social. I do. I do. I do. And it's a. Uh, all right. I know. I've told you this before, Carlotta, haven't I? Right. You, we've gone through this like four times, you and me. That's right. Yeah. All right. I'll uh, I'll check it out. Hey, why do you care about True Social so much? What is it? I because I I really feel that we cannot uh anything that adds to Trump losing momentum goes against what we're trying to do. Uh I agree with that. I agree. All right. Hey, you know what? You put it that Carlotta, you flipped the switch. I got to do it to help Trump there in my I own. Know. It's a mil- you know, look, it just it's a, a one tr- one little grain of sand. But if we all kick the grain of sand onto the beach, well, you know what I mean. All right, I thank you for switching that around for me. Uh, thank you, Carlotta. Hope all is well. Otherwise, everything good. So one more thing. Wait, wait. What? One more thing. I saw your wedding picture on 
somewhere. You're beautiful. You and your wife, what a beautiful couple. And now two little girls, what a beautiful family they must be. But she's absolutely gorgeous. And when that guy yesterday called in about his Asian wife. Yeah. You have to have some kind of comeback for him next time, like my Australian wife, whatever. No, I thought my comeback was natural and, quite frankly, funny. I was just taken aback. First of all, I love Andrew from New Jersey, but it was just so funny. All of a sudden, he starts rattling off all the, the ethnicities of everybody. And I, I said, what are you going to do on Thanksgiving? And he says, uh, I'm going to be with my Asian wife. I just, my reaction was to laugh out loud. Okay, Carlotta, come on. And uh, I thought uh, I thought that was good. All right, Carlotta, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's see here. What do I want to do? Uh, all right, real quick, Tim in um, in Terrytown. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Good. Good. Uh, I just want to let you know uh, I'm a big fan. I listen to you every day. I just saw your book, <laughs> and also I was stationed in Meridian, Mississippi, with the Marine Corps. No kidding! Wow, Meridian, you were there too. What'd you I do? Was there in 2010, I was there for MOS school for aviation supply specialist. Uh, you were probably there for what, like four months? Uh, like three months, yes. Yeah. Imagine being there for two years. I was there for two years. Wow, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, but I, I love it. I, I actually had a great time there. Well, good to talk to you, Maureen. Thank you for that. Um, and everything else is good? Everything else is good. Thank you, Mr. Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, Meridian, Mississippi. Wow, wow. That was uh, that was quite a place. I enjoyed it very much. You, were, you, so much. you ever go to New Orleans while you were there? Of course, I took the train. Yeah, I know it's right down the block in a weird way. Thank you very much. All right, one more, and then I, and then it's uh, the weekend. Although it doesn't really feel like the weekend, or, or it already does feel like the weekend. Susan in Long Island, hi there. Hi, I'm a first time caller. I just want to say, I was so taken by the reading; it was beautiful, and I didn't realize it was you because I had just turned on. And I, for sure, I'm going to buy the book. I'm going to encourage my library. I live in. Uh, two communities to get the book, and I encourage all of your readers to tell their libraries, in addition to individuals buying it, to get libraries to buy it, which is very, very important. And I, I for years, um, I feel so ashamed because I too was taken in by Obama, and I was at what I was a typical, what can I say, middle class, upper middle class Democrat, and I voted for Obama, and it was the worst thing I ever did, and I see him as the source of all evil in our country, as you have described, and I'm now hardcore, hardcore conservative, doing whatever I can for the conservatives of this country to right this ship, which is so badly off course. It's amazing. It's amazing. First of all, thank you so much, Susan, for your comments and what you're doing there. Thank you. But it's amazing what God can do, right? <laughs> somebody like Obama, right? Somebody like Obama. It took somebody like Obama. Thank you all very much. We'll uh, talk again soon. All the best.